Hello there, darlings. Welcome to the Clockwork Cabaret. This episode had a lot of promise and then it started. Perhaps you should skip this week and go start that project you've been putting off for a month. You know the one I mean. And now, on with the show. <laughs> Clockwork Cabaret! Hooray! I am Emmett Davenport. And I am Lady Attercup. And if you are in uh, the United States, you have just had Turkey Day. We Hopefully safely. Yes, hopefully safely. Hopefully there was no tra- heavy trauma or family drama or any of that. Uh, yeah. We are recording this from the past, so it hasn't happened yet. We haven't had Turkey Day yet. We haven't had Turkey Day. It's coming up. We're preparing for it. The future of Turkey is bright. Well. Or, you know, it's there. I mean, it's ahead I currently of us. have a 10-ton carcass defrosting in my fridge, so take that as you will. Uh, I have a 13 pound one because I was expecting to be able to have you you and Ducky over. <laughs> wow, hey. So I have to figure out what to do with all of it. <laughs> Didn't happen. I bought a 10 pound one because they were on sale. Ah. It was like 29 cents a pound or something ridiculous. And so I had, but it was only 10 pound and over. So like I could either spend more money to get a smaller turkey or I can get a 10 pound turkey for $3.80. Yeah. Guess what mama did? Yeah. Well, of course. Turkey for $3.80. Unlike me who, you know, I think it was five months ago, drunkenly. Fancy turkey. I fan. Yeah. I drunkenly ordered, signed up for a fancy heritage ridiculous turkey because i was drunk did i mention i was drunk i've been watching bob's burgers i was watching bob's burgers i was i was watching bob's burgers (laughs) (laughs) and it was it was an episode about thanksgiving with his heritage farm turkey and uh and you went that sounds delicious and yeah and i thought i too would like a heritage turkey i don't know what that is but i would like to get one of those and the produce uh, app that I use happened to be offering one so I asked Rupert can we get one and he was also drunk and he said yes let's do that <laughs> he had also been watching Bob's Burgers and he and been... that sounds like an excellent idea yes. we definitely need to brine it and spatchcock it yes and name it popcorn <laughs> so its name is popcorn and we will you be the turkey popcorn yes normally we Dave Matthews <laughs> I don't know why. Well, so traditionally, I always name my turkeys before I prepare them for Thanksgiving. Um, 
partially it's it's been a long-standing tradition that i've had uh since i started making turkey dinner for thanksgiving um oh god like 20 some odd years ago i started naming them because it irritated my mother um (laughs) (laughs) i mean fair enough good enough reason right there (laughs) i would talk to it while i was because I was like, because oh, one of the things about it is like you're all up in its business. Like you're, you, you got yeah, you got to massage it, and you got to, you know, you're doing all this stuff to it, and it yeah. feels very intimate. And so I felt like I should, it should have a name, and so I named it. And my mom found it very, very weird, and so I just kept doing it. So every <laughs> year I named the turkey. Did you make the turkey talk back to you? Sometimes. Sometimes. Not usually, but only if my mom was standing right there. Like, oh, you're going to be the best turkey this year, Popcorn. Oh, I know it, Emmett. I know it's true. It's true, Emmett. It, I'm going to taste so good with this brine. Mm. Oh, you're brining it. You're getting real I'm not, fancy. I'm not brining it. I don't do that. I just yeah. usually do a nice deep rub on it. <laughs> I'd massage it a little. <laughs> and this has been steampunk after dark. <laughs> But no, but the only reason, but the reason I named it was just mostly to irritate my mother. Um, And it has been a tradition that I have upheld. And so with this particular turkey, we're just, we're just gonna. I I have, this is going to be my first like full Thanksgiving turkey. Yeah. I've cooked like turkey breast before. I've bought like frozen turkey breast, Mm -hmm. thawed that, cooked that, roasted that. But this is going to be my full like first like full-on turkey okay well let me i i know you're not an idiot but i'm going to <laughs> do but you I'm, know that well i assume you're not an idiot but i will i will let you know one of the i will i'm gonna tell you a little secret that is something that a lot of first time turkey roaster people don't know and and that's where they make their mistakes is the fact that the giblets and all the little package of all yeah. of the innards and things is in the front by the neck. Yeah. Well, sometimes some people don't realize that, and the oh, first they don't time, take it out. and they don't take it out, and then, <laughs> and I, then the I first, do, like, and then, it, it is not, it is not my first full animal. I, right. I've done chickens, chickens and rabbits, and, stuff, yeah. and I, I've, I've cooked a carcass or two before. Okay. All right. Well, that's fair. Okay. Just, just, yeah, I just happen to know. The giblets are up there because that is part of, in my family, what we use to make the gravy. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is, that's a very common thing. It's just that, that I happen to know a few people that, that mistakenly did not realize they were there, did the whole turkey, made the whole turkey, stuck it in the oven with that still in there. And then it's wondered why. A bag full of organs. Yes. And then wondered why there was a weird smell and weird. Yeah. It just goes weird. You don't want that. No. Mr. Ducky is a... His family is from a different part of America than my family. Okay. <laughs> a a different American experience, if yes. you will. And um, so in his family, they the, the organs are consumed. Yeah. The, the giblets, which is not weird. Like, I, I'm, I, this is not a judgment yeah. call. But he did slightly horrify my family the first time he came from th- for Thanksgiving and asked if he could have the heart. Oh, yeah. 
And they all went, what? And she was like, oh, the, is anybody going to eat the hard like Because I'll, I'll have that if you're not going to have that. Yeah. Uh, we were all momentarily horrified because none of us had eaten the heart before. That's where the courage lives. And I don't need a turkey's courage. That's where the strength of your en- of your enemy turkey lives. <laughs> That's right. I am more cur- I have more courage than a turkey. I do not need to consume its heart. I will also <laughs> consume its weakness then. Uh, but 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 in a in a nice twist to this charming story of yeah. organ consumption. Uh, every year after that, when we went to my grandmother's house for Thanksgiving. She would save Ducky the heart. Oh, nice. I think partially just to see if he ate it. <laughs> I think there was a little bit of a freak show aspect to it. Like, probably. I'll put that heart on your plate. Are you going to eat that heart? He did. <laughs> and now this year, I'm cooking the heart for him. Oh. 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 See, I would usually do. Oh, I'm sorry, vegetarians. This is a nightmare conversation yes. for yes. you. Someone out there has a pet turkey and is just crying. <laughs> oh no! I'm sorry. Never eat Randolph's heart. <laughs> I will not name the turkey Randolph. He is Dave Matthews, and you all know if you had the opportunity to eat Dave Matthews' heart, you might. You would think about it. <laughs> there would be a moment. There would be a moment. Can I have the power of Dave Matthews? Do I get the power of the entire band? Or just the man. Just the man. Where does the man end and the band begin? With the other men in the band. <laughs> With the lungs. <laughs> the lungs aren't included in the giblet. Yeah, yeah, I don't want that. Also, we're Scottish. You can't horrify us with eating organs. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Do you even know what haggis is? You don't want to know if you don't. I'd eat it. I've eaten it. It's, well, I've eaten the American version of it because you can't get the actual... Scottish version yeah. of it in America because it's illegal to sell uh, lungs. Oh yeah, in America. Uh, but I have eaten the American version. It's pretty good. Yeah, no, it's very meaty. Mm. Scottish food is it weird. Like it tastes like ground up organs. I feel like Scottish food was made on a dare. <laughs> a lot of it is. It's a lot of it is like, what if we threw this? What if we threw this on a deep fryer? What would that be like? Let's do it. What if we took this egg, rolled it in sausage, rolled it in something else, threw it in well, the fryer? Well, Scotch yeah. egg, well, the Scotch egg isn't actually Scottish, I believe. No, it it isn't. But they do love they do love to deep fry everything under creation in Scotland. Oh, I don't, I don't want anything deep fried. I don't. Want... That's where my that's where the Scottish ends in me. I'm not. I am not a deep fry. I... You can take a lawn, but you can never take a deep fryer. That's where, that's Look, where the, that's we where the Scottish that vegetable in hot oil until there's no nutritional value left whatsoever. Yeah, no, that's the French. And it's in, tasty. The French in me is, is, is... <laughs> the French in you is, is horrifying. The French is going, no, no, don't deep fry it. What you need to do is put it in an oven and cover it with cream and cheese until there is no nutritional value whatsoever. That, yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. 
<rire> also, please give me a cigarette and a little bit of coffee, Demetas. Merci. Did I ever tell you about the French guy? The French guy. <laughs> Can you be more specific? <laughs> he was a guy. He was French. Was his, uh, name his name Guy? was Paul. Oh, I was going to say his name was Guy. No, his name was Paul. <laughs> and this is back when this is not related to Thanksgiving at all, but it does relate to the French. Uh, and he came into the office where I worked when I worked in insurance uh, because he was thinking about buying an insurance policy. He came into the office for two days, two days in a row he came in and he never bought a damn thing. And I did not care <laughs> because he was the absolute greatest. First of all, I did not realize he was French. I thought he was Haitian when I first spoke to him. So when an old white dude showed up, I was very confused. Uh, but then he proceeded, he just literally wanted to sit down at my desk and tell me stories. And I could not have been more thrilled to let him because <laughs> he was 70 years old and very, very French. So he was the best. And he was telling me about every, every time I see someone who has been pulled over by the police, my heart weeps for them. This, these were, this is an exact quote. My heart weeps for them because American police, they are thugs. They are gangsters with a badge. In my country, we would not stand for this. We would riot in the streets. We would set things on fire. I was like, oh, please do tell me more. <laughs> It's true. They do. The French do love to set things on fire. They do love to set things on fire. He was not exaggerating. But the holy, my heart weeps for them. And on day one when he left, uh, he said, I would be back tomorrow with my wife. She needs to make this decision with me. She doesn't speak much English, but she would be here. The next day, the wife comes. Wife is a very nice French lady, doesn't speak any English or doesn't speak a lot of English. And he was translating back and forth and she was being just a total snark to him. And you could tell. And he's like, do you see how she treats me? Do you see? Such insolence. And I'm like, well, maybe if you weren't such a big pain in the butt, she wouldn't have to treat you that way. And he's like, oh, there are two of you now. It's like, <laughs> he spent the entire time telling me stories and flirting with me. It was the greatest. <laughs> when he left, on day two of taking up many hours of my time and let me remind you, never buying a thing. Uh, he took my hand, kissed my knuckles and said, the future belongs to people of your caliber and left on that line. It was, I will go to my grave thinking about Paul. It's so, it sounds delightful. He was delightful also. American cups it, my heart weeps for them. They are folks with badges. <laughs> I was like, Paul, it's 2000, my friend. You have no idea how much worse it's going to get. He's, if he's still alive, he is 90 years old and still thinking oh, the same thing. Paul is still out there. He's still kissing young insurance agents. Well, not young, <laughs> that young, but he's still <laughs> kissing the knuckles of younger women. Telling them that the future belongs to people of their caliber. <laughs> and he had impressive eyebrows. He had a nice set of Roman eyebrows on him. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and that was Paul. Now I feel like I should name Paul. you should name your turkey. Paul. No, no, my my turkey is, is Dave Matthews. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 
And with that, I decided. All right. With that, I'm going to press a button. Uncle Howard will be drinking, Auntie Maud will be shrieking, and two score of ill-bred children will be squirming underfoot. Yes, soon the holidays will arrive and with them will come your relations, somehow detached from the manners that you were naturally graced with by God. So why not act early and order Rush Delivery, the Yuletide edition of Lady Haversham's Behavior Correcting Phrenology Hammer? Why the very sight of you with a glass of gin in one hand and ten pounds of polite reminder of civil discourse in the other will stifle all but the most obstinate of cousins. Lady Haversham's behavior correcting phrenology hammer. Also for use with chestnuts. So I want to talk about uh, sweet potatoes. <laughs> all right. French sweet potatoes? Just any sweet potatoes. Like, because uh, it's Thanksgiving. It's coming up. Um well, I have, I have opinions about sweet potatoes. Oh. Well, I don't, I really, really hate that sweet potato casserole. I hate that mushroom, the marshmallow thing. What oh, is that? Oh, the sweet, like the, the candied sweet potatoes. Candied sweet or potatoes. candied yams. Yes. I hate that. It's gross. I don't like it. I like savory sweet potatoes. I mean. I have opinions i i will i will eat them both honestly i will eat them both i i want i i want to on principle hate the candied sweet potatoes but it's just really good it's just too sweet for me just a little dessert side i do i just i want oh it's so it's so but it's so good though oh, no maybe it's because there's I don't also like... what you're ignoring is there's... the epic amounts of butter yeah, but there's marshmallows, and I hate those. It's, it's sweet and salty and savory and sweet potato all at the same time. Yeah, I don't like it. I mean, and I, 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 do, I do not prepare my sweet. I don't make candied sweet potatoes. I make, you know, like regular sweet potatoes. I make butter, more savory. Every once in a while, if I'm feeling a little frisky, I'll sprinkle some brown sugar on there. Just, you know, every yeah. once in a while. Because sweet potatoes are very sweet on their own. Um, but yeah, no, I totally will eat candied yams or whatever the heck they're called. Yeah, I don't know what they're called. An abomination. They're okay, a... so for some of our listeners, they might not know what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, you're some lucky. of our American listeners might not know what we're talking about. You're very lucky, listeners. If you don't know what we're what I'm going on about. Be glad. Be glad. It, it is a primarily southern dish. I did not experience it until later in life. Um, that you take, you basically make mashed sweet potatoes or yams or whatever you call them in your area, and you just mix them up with a bunch of butter, brown sugar, and then sprinkle like marshmallows on top and bake it like a casserole. Um, yeah, it's disgusting. So you get like that kind of like caramelized you know, some more marshmallow on top and then like a buttery, semi-sweet mashed sweet potato bottom. And it's a very Amer like Southeastern American dish. And yeah. it's delicious. It's gross. It's delicious. I don't like don't it. Her. She speaks lies. I will say though, I do like that terrible green bean casserole thing that you make. I also very much enjoy the terrible green bean casserole. I just like garbage food. I am par I am a raccoon. <laughs> I am half raccoon. I am half possum. 
This is another thing. I didn't grow up eating candy yams or sweet potato casserole or whatever you want to call it. I also did not grow up eating the terrible garbage green bean casserole. Uh, we always ate steamed. Yeah, no, that's what I eat. Green yeah. beans uh, at, with Thanksgiving in my house. Uh, but this is the one that's made with just like cream of mushroom soup and butter and cheese and french fried onions which are like if you crossed onions and potato chips yeah and, and you put those turn on them top. into something greasy and delicious and yeah and canned green beans it's it's it, it's not good but but it is wonderful <laughs> Yeah, no, and you made it, I think, a couple Thanksgivings ago, and now we have made it, I think you have made it every, every Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving since, because... Oh, it's so bad! <laughs> and it's, it's just so you, and, and you and me are the only two that eat it, because because Rupert doesn't like it, and Ducky does can't eat it, so... It is not dairy safe, no. it is not vegan friendly, it is like cream of mushroom soup, and cheese, and yeah. heavy whipping cream. <laughs> Yeah. Just oh, so like, good. If you could just like shake a cow over this casserole, yeah, you probably would. No, I will. I will. I will eat all of that. Don't get me wrong. I did it's not grow good. up with it's it either, terrible, so it's I don't. So know. Very good. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't even know why that was actually. I think when you made it was the first time I had ever actually had it. Yeah, and I was craving it. I didn't. I was like, I want this terrible. I want this yeah. terrible casserole dish. Yeah. I, don't. I, I love a good terrible casserole if it's got like a ridiculous amount of cheese and just ingredients that don't belong in there in a pyrex dish and baked at a high temperature in an oven i'm probably gonna enjoy it <laughs> honestly <laughs> sweet potato casserole i'm on board bring it put it in my mouth Green bean casserole? Yes, please. Cream of mushroom soup? Why is that in there? I don't know. Come on, bring it over. We got to put cream and cheese? Yes. Let's, yeah, I agree with that. Come on. <laughs> I've got hash browns, cheese, scrambled eggs, 15 layers of, I don't know, tuna and noodles. Would you like to eat that? And I would be like, yes, uh, that sounds delicious. Please. <laughs> I love a good tuna casserole. I just like garbage food. I don't come to realize this about myself. <laughs> it's, if it's fine. Got some cheese and some frozen peas, and it's been put in a casserole dish. I would like to eat it. That's fair. All right. I'm a garbage dump of a human being. <laughs> I'm just leaning into it in my old age. You're in your old age. You're not. <laughs> the future belongs to people of my caliber. Mark or Paul did not know what providence he spoke. He did not realize that it was going to be garbage food. It was just going to be a garbage future. <laughs> he didn't realize that. I didn't realize it at the time either. If I had known, I would have stopped him. I would have slapped in my hand, my hand, my one hand over my other hand, and be like, "Don't, Paul, no." You've cursed me. You, you cannot speak the prophecy into into being. I am a garbage human. And if you tell me the future will be garbage, it will come to pass. And that's why we have 2020 and it's my personal fault. <laughs> At least if you listen to my anxiety, which I do at 3 a.m. Usually, you know, give or take. Oh, good. 
that take that puts me off the hook. Okay, yeah. all right, yeah. awesome. Everyone else who's laying awake at three a.m. wide awake, thinking that everything is their personal fault, you can rest easy this week, this week of Thanksgiving, because it isn't your fault. It's fine. Excellent. Yeah. There you go. Cool. That's that's my Chris. That's my gift to you. <laughs> this holiday season it is a thanksgiving it's a thanksgiving miracle thanksgiving miracle i'm the garbage human that caused 2020 to be a dumpster fire ah i knew my anxiety was right all (laughs) along well good now maybe i can get some sleep oh you won't because that's not how i know that's not how anxiety works It'll just be four o'clock in the morning and then I wake up. And four still... o'clock in the morning, you're like, you know what? <laughs> By you know, the way, you can be blamed for a lady at her cop's mistakes. She can only take the credit for some of it. <laughs> Let me point out. You've you technically been alive longer than I have, so at yes. least some of it has to go to you. I mean, yeah. honestly. Four years of it is all you. You were there. Mm-hmm. For... You were a it's terrible true. four-year-old. Was well, no it's, it's true. It's true. I've heard tales. You blocked it out. I did. <laughs> I did actually when I was four was when I uh, wandered away and tried to find a new family by myself <laughs> because my mom let go of my hand. Well, it's a heartwarming <laughs> Thanksgiving tale. It's like the reverse <laughs> of Home Alone. Instead of the family leaving the child, the child's like. Well, it was in a mall. These assholes, I'm out. <laughs> it was in a mall. That would have been a different story if Kevin McAllister had hopped on the plane by himself. Yeah. No, at four, at the age of four was when I was when I just wandered out of the store that my mom was in, that we were in, and I wandered through the mall to a restaurant and sat in a booth with a lady. <laughs> just and, a random lady. Yeah. And wanted and asked if I could have one of her French fries. To which she gave me one of her French fries, and then proceeded to look around the restaurant trying to figure out whose child this belonged to. <laughs> Little did she realize. You're like, hey, lady, you seem cool. You gonna eat all those fries? Those fries look good. I'm not allowed to eat those things. Can I have uh, one? Those look those look deep fried and delicious. Can like like those fries? look Scottish to me. I would like a French fry. a couple of those my way. Yes. Meanwhile, my mother and the, a security guard was wandering around the mall trying to find poor little Emmett. Mr. Ducky was like that. He was the kid that if you didn't like put a leash on him or have a hold of the back of his shirt, he would just run off. Yeah. Well, and and the moral of the story is the fact that that's when li- little Emmett got put on a leash. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Ducky got put on a leash too. I oh, was put on a leash, and my mom felt absolutely terrible about it, but uh, it was because I would make friends with strangers constantly. Hi! Also, I'd tell strangers my name. <laughs> Where you lived, your, yes. your special Hi, I'm Emmett! Get you into a van. I am four. I live at such and such street. I like pie. Do you, you have, have any pie? pie? I would get in your van today. You've got candy in your van? Sweet. Have you almost been kidnapped? Like, this is a serious question. Did you almost get kidnapped at least once in your young life? Probably. 
No, but do you remember almost getting kidnapped? I don't know. I had my my name. I had a shirt that had my name on it, and I rem I distinctly remember being uh because that's a thing that people did in the seventies. Which yeah, don't do yeah. that to your children, people. Don't do that. That's a really good way to get your child kidnapped. Because I do remember some dude, stranger dude, uh, asking me basically being like, Emmett, you know, like. Do, 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 here, don't, I'm a friend of your mom's. Did you believe him? No. I mean, he actually ended up being an actual friend of my mom's, but I did not. <laughs> oh, so that was not an almost kidnapping story. <laughs> no, but it was, I don't know him. I've never <laughs> seen him before. How do I know you? And so for our younger listeners who feel like your parents might be a little overbearing, um, here, this is our gift to you this holiday yes, season. In the seventies, uh, this is why they're a little overbearing. I have at least one almost getting kidnapped story. I mean, I'm sure I probably have, but I just don't remember. No, I I I've probably blocked remember them out. a greasy man trying to get me and my brother into his car. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah, one of those kind of kidnapping stories. Uh, so me and my brother were. Rob, I was probably third grade-ish, maybe fourth, probably somewhere around third or fourth grade. So that would make my brother third or second grade. And uh, the city had just come through the neighborhood where we were renting a house and cut a bunch of the trees down that were uh, like cut a bunch of branches that were interfering with phone lines and power lines and stuff like that. So there were these big piles of wood in front of all the houses, which to second and third graders is like, oh, I've got to get my hands in that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got to go out into the front of the yard and play with these big piles of wood. It was the 80s. We didn't have, there wasn't a lot of like electronic options. So when you saw a giant pile of wood and sticks, you were like, mmm. Gonna climb that. I'm gonna get all up in that. Go make a house. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but my child brain is gonna telling climb me on, to go put your hands in it. I'm going to climb on top of it and be king of that mountain Pile of wood. wood. <laughs> Pile of sticks. And it's Florida, so there's pro there might be a snake in it. Who knows? There might be a person in it. You don't well, know. There might be a person in it. So me and my brother were out front playing by ourselves in this random pile of wood that was in our front yard. And a dude pulled, like, classic stranger danger john mulaney like throw your child wallet at the guy <laughs> creep in a wood paneled uh uh station wagon oh yeah oh oh he was going for full creep points um he had like long stringy hair oh and the stereotypical and pulled up in front of the car the the in front of me and my brother and leaned out of the window and was like, does John McMahon live here? Now at the time, listeners, John McMahon was a quarterback for a football team. I don't know which team because I didn't pay that much attention to football, but I do know he was a quarterback. Even my dumb child brain understood this because my parents were sports fans. And I just remember thinking, John McMahon is famous and we rent this house. So no. <laughs> And so we were just look at him and we're like, no. Does he live anywhere around here? 
I think we would know if a famous quarterback lived in our neighborhood. So <laughs> no. Well, he gave me, and he starts into this spiel, whatever his spiel was about how he gave him this address and he's lost and he's looking around because when you're lost, the two people that you really want to help direct you to where you're trying to go is two random elementary age children playing in a pile of wood. (laughs) That seems like a... Yeah, that seems legit, especially if you're a greasy guy in a station wagon. It was at this point that my father, my dad, who happened to be home from work that day, looked out front and saw a random greasy man in a station wagon talking to a little too intently to his children. So he rushes outside. Dude in station wagon gets scared, drives off at a high speed. Oh. Dad, not to be dissuaded from avenging said potential pervert, calls to my mom to take the kids inside, hops into his car and follows him. (laughs) Because my family are full of well-intentioned dummies. And that was 100% what I would do. (laughs) Seems like a really bad idea. My dad is just another dude following the the first dude around. And apparently he stopped at several and asked several other like child age children oh like stopped and talked to several other kids like while my dad was following him until he realized my dad was following him and then sped off my dad tried to follow that you know a a chase happened uh my dad lost him but didn't get the license plate number and they called police and then i had to talk to police that day about the random dude that wanted to know john mcmahon lived in my neighborhood that's about the time the first time i almost got kidnapped (laughs) nicole were there other times yes there were other times it was south florida i was gonna say you lived in florida i lived in south florida in the 80s and 90s it was an interesting time it was a time where the police kept finding bodies of random women in suitcases along interstates and repeatedly told the press it is not a serial killer these are unrelated cases of women being chopped up and put into suitcases it's totally it's just a coincidence no like happens all the time it's just random it's a random unrelated dismembered women in suitcases it's not a serial killer they make the suitcases like that I mean, honestly, when you look at a suitcase, who doesn't want to chop up a woman and put it in there? You just, you know, that's how you buy them. They They just come with a dismembered lady. Plenty of leg room. Yes, a dismembered lady comes with the suitcase. (laughs) When you buy a new suitcase, if there's not a dismembered lady in it, what are you even doing? Why are you buying these? I don't know how I got into a potential childless abduction and just like dismembered women in our holiday. Uh, ADD? Oh, yeah. Also, <laughs> it's this show. I know for a fact there's at least two cannibal songs in this playlist. There is. <laughs> I made the playlist. I know. I know. You told me about the playlist. <laughs> it's a long standing tradition that the Thanksgiving playlist has at least one cannibalistic song because i think it's funny and what's more thanksgiving than cannibalism 
I mean, it is a holiday where you're kind of quote unquote celebrating the European genocide of an entire native people. So, yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. Hooray! (laughs) (laughs) Not good. It's terrible. Honest about what the holiday is about. And, and just think of it as a time to connect with friends and family and loved ones Except over don't. a shared meal. Except don't, because COVID is happening. <laughs> not this year. Not this year. Do not, do not connect. There will, be, there will be no connecting. There will be no connecting. There will be no large group of people around the table. Hey, look at it this year. This year, you don't have to worry, like, listen to an off-color joke by your homophobic uncle or... Oh, yeah. Well, I gave up that. I gave up that that stuff a millennia ago. I I actually stopped celebrating uh, Thanksgiving with, with uh, family <laughs> ages ago because it had gotten so horrible that I just went, why am I putting myself through this? Like... Thanksgiving. Oh, and, yes. And, uh, now you know, I have Friendsgiving. Is still family. Yes. No. I have you got. Usually you two come over, and that is good. That is the perfect amount of socialization and friend friend having. And we have a good. We have a lovely time. We drink too much, and we eat too much, and we watch stupid television or play video games. And and we and in the decade that we've been doing it, no one has ever gotten into a fight. No, no, no fist fights. No one no, has ever called no each other hor- weird homophobic remarks from the, yeah. the, the no horrible old, names. Old the corner. Yeah, no horrible names. No uncomfortable <laughs> silences. No, it's, it's been, been lovely. Good. I would much prefer that. And we're, and we're not doing it this year, and it blows. And I'm sure, like everyone who's listening to this now, has already gone through that with their family and friends that they couldn't be with the people they would like to be with, but they stayed safe. Yes. Because I know our listeners are not idiots. Yeah. And we're very proud of you and we appreciate it. And we want you to continue to exist in the world because we love you. It's been a tough year. We know it's been tough and we're proud of you for doing the right thing. Yes. And we will all get through this. That's right. If we, if as long as we all stay safe and sane and everything else. Yeah. And, oh, you know what? This is a good time to bring up. What? We're gonna do a New Year's Eve thing. We are. We are. I, we are gonna do a a virtual clockwork ball thing. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I've called. I jokingly called it interdimensional clockwork, and I just decided that that I, that was enough thought process that I had. That was no, all I, I like it. I think it that sounds very uh, Doctor Who. Yeah, like. so we're going to do it on Twitch. Uh, you can follow us on our individual Twitch channels, or you can actually go to the Agony Aunt Studios Twitch uh, channel, and I'm, and I'm hoping that we'll be able to pipe both of our Twitter feeds there, so it'll yeah. be one after the other, and, and, uh, and it, it'll, be, it'll be cool. We'll play music for a few what hours. Yeah, so if you go to twitch.tv backslash Studios, that should be where you can get all of us, both of us at the same time. We will, um, I'm also trying to coordinate with a couple other DJ friends who may be doing parties 
also on there. And so I will post links to their parties so that we can have party hopping and, you know, and maybe we can have a night, bring in the new year in a nice, weird, virtual way. Uh, hey, if you, you've ever wanted to do a 10 o'clock work ball, but you couldn't because you're not North Carolina, you're not in the state, yeah. you're not in the county, you're not in the country. Uh, this is your opportunity to kind of, sort of, attend. Yeah. yeah, and it's, you know, it's not the, it's not the same but but uh, we usually chat around in the we there's a little chat room off to the side and and we we talk and and make jokes about the songs and various other things and so uh, yeah so it should be fun. I always I kind of I schedule these things and then I go why did I do this? Uh, I'd rather lay around and play video games and then I start DJing and then I remember that oh yeah I actually really like this and this is fun. Yeah, we we're both uh, we're both missing it a lot and yeah. we're both bummed so, that this year isn't happening. But obviously, there's no safe way that can happen. No, no, no. Uh, there we usually have a couple hundred people at the clockwork ball and uh that would be really bad and completely yeah, irresponsible it would, it would be a bad scene and Plus uh the, you know the horror program is also not open because yeah. they are also not stupid yeah yeah so this will this will be a way that we can all ring in the new year together without safely and uh and hopefully next year we'll get to do the clockwork ball like normal and yeah and like i said for those of you who have always wanted to attend and never had an opportunity, well, here it is. Here's your opportunity. Get dressed up in your own house. And dance put around. Put on some disco lights and have a little dance party uh, for yourself. Yeah. And with that, I think I'm going to, I think we're going to, we're going to say goodbye. If you like this thing we do and you would like to help support it, go to outoftheoutstudios.com. All of the links are there to our Patreon, our coffee, our Instagrams, or whatever's. Uh, you can follow us both on our various social media sites. All the information is also on ideatstudios.com. Uh, and uh, keep it's it's been a tough year. Yeah. It's gonna be a tough holiday. Yeah. So hang in there. Yeah. Keep on keeping on. We appreciate that that you're here. We really do. And we yeah. and and we want you to stay safe and we want you to stay healthy. We want us to stay safe and healthy too. So uh stay strong. I know sometimes it feels like you're raging against an uncaring tide of idiots. Or at least that's how we feel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not alone and, and you're doing the right thing when you're staying safe and you're staying healthy. Uh so take that, that to your heart. I know this was a tough, this has been a tough year for all of us. Yeah. And with that, this has been the Clockwork Cabaret. She is Lady Addercop. And she is Emmett Davenport. And it's not work we do. It's love. Are you a soul-searching poet of somber disposition, looking for a location necessary to morbid reflection? Are you a stoic professor of criminology in need of a home ripe with a potential for intriguing calamity? We have a location for you. Skeletal tree on a misshrouded hill? We got it. Rickety shutters that clatter in a baleful wind? Save the air. The hounds? You can't stop us from releasing them. 
From creaking floorboards to inaccessible attics, every property is guaranteed to amuse, inspire and forebode. Sextant sent Sextant's mood-setting real estate. There's a fog on the moors and it could be yours!